You're listening to Fan Holes, a podcast for fans by the fans. Secret Brothers. I have clinical. You guys are like wasting my time right now. Hey, baby. What's <laughs> going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those that? I need one. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I didn't invent honorable mentions, mister. <laughs> I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous. I, uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. I'm a woman! <laughs> it is our show. It's called Fan Holes, not, you know, what you guys want. <laughs> <laughs> We do a podcast? What the fuck? Well, as Derek has, how shall we say, departed, I nominate myself as the new host of Fanhole. Wait! The Stunticons form Minasaur, the most powerful robot made of cars after Road Caesar and possibly Puzzler. We should rule! Me, Grimlock Superior, Stunticons Inferior. Who are you calling Inferior? Yeah, no one would fall an uncharismatic bore like you. Hey, no one calls Grimlock uncharismatic. Stunticons unite! No way! Hi folks, uh, welcome to Fanhole's podcast. This is uh, Mike. With uh, Tony and Derek both absent, I guess I will be hosting, so please be kind. Um, I have low self-confidence, and my feelings are so very, very easily hurt. Of course, I have two guys with me. Uh, one's a scholar, and one's a gentleman. I'll let you decide which is which. Uh, <laughs> say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hello. Awesome. Okay, well, uh, tonight we've got two topics for you. Uh, first up, we're going to be talking about Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic Four slash uh, Future, Future Foundation, or FF run. Uh, we're going to be discussing what is apparently a very popular take on uh, Mar- Marvel's, uh, what do they call them, first family. And our second topic is going to be Transformers, uh, specifically the toys. Um, we're going to be discussing uh, what the fans call Chug. I guess that stands for, it's an acronym, which I guess stands for uh, Classics, Henkai, Universe, and Generations. Uh, It basically represents anything in the last few years that has been like a direct remake of uh, like new versions of beloved classic characters from G1 or Beast Wars or, you know, all the good stuff, basically. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, we'll, we'll probably like talk about, you know, our, our favorite ones, our disappointments, uh, maybe go into like our hopes for the future series, like of releases. Come on, Emirate Zaron. Or maybe Scrounge. I want to Scrounge. Yeah. <laughs> Surrender. Bah! I can still defeat you. Not with this pistol. The invisible girl. I must free. Yeah, so let's, uh, move on to our first topic, uh, which I just said was Jonathan Hickman's uh, Fantastic Four run or Future Foundation. Uh, uh, he be- he began began a fairly 
popular run of Fantastic Four, which uh, ended with, uh, spoilers, uh, the death of Johnny Storm, the Human Torch, um, and, and then the book transitioned into the Future Foundation, or FF, and uh, Spider-Man joined, and it was like an expansion of the cast, and I'm, I'm kind of sad to say I'm not completely up to date on that, but I know since then, you know, Johnny Storm has been back from the dead. And yes. you know who would have, yeah, who would have guessed that would have happened? You know, and they're the Fantastic Four, Four again. And, uh, the the Future Foundation like focuses more on the kids now. Uh, am I right about that, Justin? Or yeah. okay, yeah, that's what I thought. So I guess we're gonna you know talk about that. Cool. So uh, I will start off with Ryan. Ryan. Uh, what are your what are your thoughts on Hickman's uh, Fantastic Four slash Future Foundation run? It's actually been a little while since I read most of it. Uh, I did enjoy, like, his run on Fantastic Four. And then, you know, as you said, with the death of Johnny Storm, it transitioned to Future Foundation. And they added Spider-Man to replace the Human Torch. And um, I thought that was really cool, obviously, because I'm a big Spider-Man fan. And um, the interesting thing is, like, with Dan Slott writing Amazing Spider-Man, I tend to like the overall stories a lot more than, say, like, JMS's run. But I don't think, like, Spider-Man as a character, like his jokes and all that, Peter's personality, I don't think um, that Dan Slott does a really good job at nailing that. But strangely enough, like, the Spider-Man from uh, FF, like in Hickman's run, I enjoyed a lot more, and I thought he's a lot funnier and a lot truer to, truer to like, you know, the Spider-Man I remembered. So I really enjoyed it. Um, what I can remember of the first two volumes of Future Foundation that I read um, I enjoyed the first volume well enough, and then after reading the second volume, like, once I was done, like, it was kind of hard for me to remember, like, what I just read, because I don't know if I just wasn't getting it or if I was confused or what, but it just didn't really stick with me a whole lot. You're, you're, you're not alone in that. Uh, I kind of, like, I reread it for this podcast, but I was like, oh, yeah, I, I forgot, like, all about that inhuman stuff where, like, Black Bolt comes back and, you know, he has, like, five wives or something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? I was like, when the hell did this happen? Yeah, that like, was definitely was a like, part where I was, like, you know, <laughs> lost on, so it didn't, it was hard for me to follow that for sure. I, I was gonna. I was gonna say like. Uh, I guess like I thought it was okay, but like like you said, yeah, it, it just wasn't very, very memorable. memorable. And and I can definitely agree with what you, what said, you about said about Spider-Man because like, like I read that that two-parter, I guess, in Amazing, where Spider-Man like teams up with the Future Foundation or whatever. And yeah, I really like I I've said it before on this podcast, and it's like Dan Slott writes Spider-Man as like sort of a schmuck. Yeah, like he's like. Like, I don't know, you feel, like, bad for him, almost. Like, you know, he's always embarrassing himself yeah. or being, like, a, yeah, like a total ass. And, you know, I don't know. That's not really the Spider-Man I want to read about. And it seems like with Dan Slott, too, like, um, the supporting characters around Spider-Man, like, when Dan Slott's writing it, they get the jokes that Spider-Man should be saying. And like you said, Spider-Man's kind of, like, the butt of everyone's jokes. And they're, the, the supporting cast are the ones saying all the cool one-liners and you know, the jokes yeah. you actually laugh at. And also, also, like you said, like, I like Hickman's Spider-Man, actually. Like, the the one part in the second Future Foundation trade I really, like, kind of busted out laughing was when, like, he goes with Reed to see the Inhumans, and, like, you know, the, like, 
uh, Medusa's like, oh, these are my new sisters, you know, Black Bolt's five wives. And Spider-Man's like, five wives? Who would want five wives? And, you know, <laughs> and, like, everyone looks at him, and he's like, I'm just going to go play with a dog. And, like, he just <laughs> walks away. <laughs> like, that made me laugh a lot. Yeah. Okay, and um, anything anything else, Brian, like you wanted to mention? or No, not really. I'll go next because Justin probably has like the the highest amount of knowledge on this particular topic. Um, I just like to say like you know I I like like the f- concept of the Future Foundation because like I I feel like Fantastic Four is about family and like the Future Foundation is like an expansion like a logical expansion of the Fantastic Four like just they become a bigger family basically and so I, I really when I first heard that like the, what was going to happen and stuff I was like oh that's really kind of cool and uh, the other point I wanted to make was I love Doctor Doom being there like as part of the Future Foundation because I know Justin you've said this before but like it's kind of like having Magneto on the X-Men like it's it's really cool like have to have Doctor Doom working with them, with them. And and I, I, really I really love, love how uh, Valeria calls him Uncle Doom. Yeah, that that made me laugh too. But yeah, yeah uh, Justin, why don't you go ahead and give your thoughts? Because you probably have the most like experience with the series, I guess. Yeah, like I probably didn't even start paying attention to this run until the death of uh, Johnny Storm, like. You know, I grew up reading Fantastic Four, and then after the whole Heroes uh, Reborn thing, like, I kind of fell out of Fantastic Four. I just didn't follow it as much. Like, I'd read an issue here or there, but, you know, as far as reading it month to month, I was just kind of, like, you know, moved on to other stuff. But then when I heard, like, you know, somebody was supposed to die, and this uh, guy, Hickman, had took over, I was like, huh, I wonder what's going on. But uh, I still didn't read that. I did read... Uh, Future Foundation Volume 1, and mostly what got me curious about it was the fact that Spider-Man was basically joining the Fantastic Four, and I thought, well, that's that's a really good idea, you know, like, I don't really care for Spider-Man as an Avenger, but, like, him working with the Fantastic Four, like, that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, go back to Spider-Man number one, like, one of the first things he tries to do is join up with the Fantastic Four, and they're just like, you know, we don't really need another guy, like, you know, and, you know, Spider-Man's feelings get kind of hurt and all that. <laughs> he he doesn't he doesn't he call them like a bunch of pikers or oh, something <laughs> like like some really like outdated thing or something. I don't know. That always stuck with me. I'm like, what the hell are pikers? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, Spider-Man has a lot of history with uh, the Fantastic Four, especially Johnny Storm. So it made a lot of sense that you know Johnny would want you know Pete to replace him. And and then uh, I can't remember if it was Future Foundation or an issue of. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man, but they're they're basically watching Johnny's video will that he's recorded, and he's like, "I want Pete to replace me," and then it kind of trails off, and he's like, "Nah, just joking." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one thing that I'll, I really liked, uh, speaking of Spider-Man, was is pretty like poignant when Spider-Man was the one that you know sat on the rooftop with Franklin and kind of like hashed out. You know, Hank Franklin's feelings about, you know, Johnny dying and Franklin, Franklin felt responsible for that. And, you know, Spider-Man kind of relates. He's like, you know, you know, I lost someone, too, and I felt responsible for that. So I know where you're coming from. And, and I, I, don't know, I really enjoyed reading that. that. I thought that was pretty uh, touching. Yeah, I really liked that issue, too. Like, I, I kind of I like it how, like, Franklin, like, loves Spider-Man. Like, that's always seem, seems to be, like, a point that comes up from now and then in Fantastic Four, where, like, Franklin's, Franklin's a big, a big Sp- Spider-Man fan, and, like, 
Johnny Storm's like, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another thing that kind of like spawned from this, my interest in the future of the foundation was it got me back into reading Amazing Spider-Man on a monthly basis because I was like, oh, cool. Like, you mean he's going to, you know, Spider-Man's going to be wearing this new suit in Amazing Spider-Man and he's going to have, you know, some kind of crossover adventures. So I started reading Amazing Spider-Man for that and, you know, I went back and read up like a whole bunch of back issues and, you know, that's a whole other topic. But, you know, like I, I really enjoyed uh, some of those Dan Slott issues where it was like, I think the Future Foundation ended up fighting the Sinister Six or something. Like, I, I kind of enjoyed that. I, I definitely agree with you that, like, I think Spidey on the Fantastic Four is definitely a better fit than him on the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Like, that definitely, like, you know, I, I always, like, I, I used to have those old what-ifs where he joined the Fantastic Four, and, and they were the Fantastic Five, and I was, uh, for, a, for a little while, I was kind of like, when's that going to happen, you know? When when is he going to be the fifth member of the Fantastic Four? It's, it's also really cool to see, like, Pete be a total science geek with Reed Richards, like, you know, the, you know, obviously Reed's, like, you know, one of the great geniuses of the Marvel Universe, but it's also really neat to see, like, you know, Pete working with someone like that, and they're just both geeking out, and they're, like, you know, going back and forth, like, trying to figure out some kind of great problem, and it, it's just, it's kind of a side of Spider-Man that you don't get to see a lot these days, and I always appreciate that, you know, just, Pete's just kind of, they, they play up his joking aspect when sometimes they need to, like, you know, they need to play up that, you know, Pete's not just a joker, like, he's a really smart guy, you know, I mean, he came up with, you know, web shooters and spider fluid, uh, web fluid formula or whatever, but mm-hmm. that's just a side I really like. And I thought that stuff just came out of his wrists. <laughs> Four times. You mean, you mean Sam Raimi lied to me? <laughs> Don't believe everything I, you see on TV, Mike. Uh, I, I did want to... <laughs> Blasphemer! Derek's not here, so I'll have to do the Azrael. Blasphemer! Defiler! Uh, but uh, I wanted to mention, uh, I really liked the idea of, like, the Council of Reeds. Like, yeah. the bad, like the Council of Bad Guy, like Reed Richards. Like, that's that's pretty awesome. And, you know, like, I like how, uh, you know, they're like, oh, these Reeds, like, you know, they, they, they have no more morality and they force their will on others. And, like, Doctor Doom's like, I rather like these Reed Richards. <laughs> and then, like, Reed, the real Reed Richards is like, oh, well, you know, Doom, you know what they do to any, like, Doctor Doom they find? They make you like a vegetable so and then he's like it just shows like dr doom frowning like off in the corner like <laughs> that i thought that was pretty funny that's a really great concept and like one of my favorite moments in future foundation is when they basically go to dr doom and you know they get all these former uh fantastic four bad guys to team together and you're like well what's what's going on here like what are these guys doing at the the Baxter building, like, you know, what's going on? And then Reed comes in, he's like, I brought you guys here to help me defeat myself. And they're just like, what? Well, okay, we'll we'll defeat you. And he's like, not just me, a whole council of me's. I'm like, that's awesome. That's a great idea. Like, that's that's what, you know, kind of like you said, it's great to have Magneto and the X-Men. It adds a lot of drama. You know, it's kind of like having Spike work with Buffy and the Scooby gang. It's really great to see Doctor Doom work with... Uh, the Future Foundation, especially Val. Like, I, I really like Val. Like, you know, it's one of those things that's like, oh, she's going to be like Wesley Crusher, just an annoying kid who knows more than the adults. Like, no, like, I really like Val. Like, later on, like, I don't want to spoil anything for you guys, like, if you haven't read some of the more recent issues, but, like, 
once Johnny comes back and they start doing all this stuff with like Doctor Doom and Val and Nathaniel and the future Franklin, like you know how like in Star Wars movies like Phantom Menace where you've got so many different things going on at once, and then it just finally like each story just kind of like meets up at the end and makes sense. Well, I guess it does in Phantom Menace, but in Future Foundation you've got in <laughs> Future Foundation you got all these different stories going on, and then they eventually like come to a head in space with like Galactus and Celestials and stuff, and like, it, it's really really great. Like it's one of my favorite moments in that run of Future Foundation. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like I, I've got. I've got the third trade on my list, but, like, you know, legitimately on my list. Like, I've got it pre-ordered, and it's coming, like, from Amazon in another month or so, so I can't wait to, like, read more of that. Yeah, I really dig, like, Valeria. Like, how, although, how old is she supposed to be? Like, like you know, they, I, she can only be, like, you know, two or three by Marvel time, maybe. But, like, they draw her like she's, like, five or six now. That's... <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's it's unanswerable. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think they actually reference that she's like three, isn't she, Justin? I I can't remember. It seemed like that was stated, like she's three or four or something. But I mean, that's that's one of those things I don't get. It's like you know, Franklin should be like what thirty at least. <laughs> but yeah, you know, he's been aged and de-aged, and his powers taken away and given back and. You know, I think Valeria was even like a teenager at one point, and there was some shenanigans with her, like you know, origin and some retcons and stuff. So, at this point, like I, I don't even know. I, I kind of just—it's one of those little murky things I don't want to dig into. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Valeria, this—I really love that. that uh, uh, um, in to sort of jump. Well, I guess we were talking about Amazing Spider-Man 2, so this isn't so much of a leap, but in uh, Slot's Mighty Avengers run, I love that two-parter where the Mighty Avengers fight the Fantastic Four, and uh, Valeria, like, beats Amadeus Cho, like, at, like, some hacking thing, and, like, uh, Amadeus Cho is like, oh, man, I just got beat by by a little girl. girl. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, like, Hercules, like, hears about it, he's like, this this calls for a ballad. (laughs) But yeah, that's some good stuff. That it's no matter, I guess, no matter how old she is, she's still an entertaining character. Even a two-year-old could tell you that, Mike. <laughs> Literally, yes, and In, indeed. I guess though that Hickman's um, going to be wrapping up his run with Future Foundation and Fantastic Four. I think at the end of the year, maybe. Like I'm not really sure how much time he has left. But uh, Michael Bendis is taking over. Yay! I hope not. Just joking. The The rumor is that uh, Matt Fraction is going to take over, which he he's kind of hit or miss with me, but well, I'll give him a chance. Yeah. I have mentioned it before, but he's taking over. He's getting that Hawkeye ongoing series, so it's like I have to give him a chance now. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, now I have to buy it. But, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it'll do okay. I think one of the, the the good things you can say about Hickman is, you know, not only did he like do a lot of really great stories with uh, Fantastic Four and Future Foundation, but you know, it's been what twenty years since there have been two, you know, ongoing Fantastic Four titles. Like the last one was uh, uh, what was it, Fantastic Force? That didn't oh yeah <laughs> didn't last all that long. But you know, now you've got two ongoing like Fantastic Four related titles like. You know, when they decided to bring back Fantastic Four as its own title, you know, with what, issue 600 or whatever, I was like, I don't know if, 
you know, Fantastic Four is popular enough to support two ongoings, but apparently it is, so, you know, hopefully that'll continue for a while longer. That is pretty crazy. I mean, for someone like, for for people who don't even have, like, a really successful movie or anything, you yeah. Or even, like, a, a current ongoing cartoon series or something. Or like, even, like, not even, like, they've never had a really, like, well, I guess, you know, the 60s and the 70s ones were, I guess, somewhat popular, but the 90s one wasn't, like, super popular or anything, and that last one was kind of terrible, so. Yeah. I don't know, at least, know, at at my, least in my opinion, but. <laughs> it, it was okay. <laughs> okay, well. We'll agree to disagree. I'm not saying it was great. Like I liked some episodes. Some episodes I didn't, didn't like. I didn't like yeah. the fact that the thing had like the Fantastic Four logo painted on his chest. Like I'm like, what? Why did Why did you <laughs> think that was a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like it, so, it sounds like something like Reed would like berate him for like sort of like Ben, and that's permanent, don't you know? That's your skin. <laughs> it's like a tattoo or something. My God, man! <laughs> it's like I know, I know, I'm to blame for transforming you into this hideous creature, but getting a tattoo, young man? I mean, seriously. Well, in any case, uh, any closing thoughts then on Hickman's Fantastic Run, uh, Fantastic Four run from either of you? Well, it is a fantastic run, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yes, fantastic run. Um, yes, I. I don't know. I just you know, I'll be sad to see him go. Like he's provided a whole lot of entertainment. You know, like I said, it's. It had been a long time since I'd been reading Fantastic Four on a monthly basis, and it's just been a really great ride. Um, I've said this before on other shows, but he's one of those writers who, like, he gets it. You know, he gets what Fantastic Four is, and he has, obviously, a lot of affinity for it and, you know, a, a lot of understanding of Fantastic Four history because he's bringing back all these different elements. So it'll be sad to see him go when the final his final issue of uh, Fantastic Four or Future Foundation comes out. Yeah, like, yeah, like like I said, uh, I really thought Future Foundation was like a logical extension of Fantastic Four. So yeah, definitely, he seems to be you know like forging forward instead of like trying to be like you know, you know a past. past. So that's that's really cool. Brian, anything? Um, based off Justin's recommendation, I'll probably give, give volume up. four or volume three. I mean, so I don't know, just how he you know talks about it dovetailing. And come, and come to, to a nice, neat conclusion. I'll, I'll definitely, I'm definitely into that. I, I was actually going to ask, uh, does like that, oh, that you what just you just mentioned, Justin, like the the stuff like conclude in Fantastic Four or Future Foundation? Like, does it cut our way to? It, it kind of the story basically goes back and forth from each title for a while. Like okay. the you know you'll see Galactus and maybe Fantastic Four, and then the story will be continued in. Uh, Future Foundation, and then maybe it'll go back to Fantastic Four. Okay, so I might I might have to get some Fantastic Four trades too to conclude this story. I know I've got the third Future Foundation trade on the way, but but in whatever case, I, I, I enjoy it, so that won't be a problem. You, I don't know if you read it, but you might also enjoy the issue. I think it's yeah, it's Future Foundation where Johnny Storm and Peter Parker share an apartment for a short amount of time, like. <laughs> That's that's a really great and hilarious issue. Like if you haven't read that, you did. That sound yeah, that does sound funny. Mm-hmm. I really dug that uh, uh, Dan Slott uh, uh, Spider-Man Human Torch miniseries. That was really, was good. really good. So they they have a great like you know relationship, I guess Peter and Johnny. So yeah, I, I'll probably enjoy that a great deal. 
I've never seen anything this beautiful in the entire galaxy. All right, give me the bomb. Okay, well, we'll move on to our next topic. Uh, in 2006, uh, Hasbro finally, finally uh, answered fans' Pray- prayers with a toy line that was a direct update to Generation 1 Transformers. Uh, featured new toys based on old characters, and unlike previous lines, uh, like Energon or Cybertron, uh, which just had like homages to like Generation 1 characters, but they weren't really the same character. Like Classics was like actually meant to be like the same characters that like well everyone on fan holes grew up with basically which it which is nice i mean it, it's nice getting like a homage to g1 Soundwave, but getting a homage to g1 Soundwave and getting an actual toy that's meant to represent g1 Soundwave are two different things so you know or at least they are to transformers fans because we're anal like that but we're like you know I'll, I'll be holding my Cybertron sound wave, and I'll be like, this isn't G1 sound wave, you know? <laughs> but in any case, uh, the Classics line uh, continued on kind of sporadically for and under, like, other names, basically. Like, J- Japan got Henkai. Uh, then we got, like, I think it went, like, Universe. Then it came back as Generations. And then there was, like, that subline, a reveal the shield or whatever. But basically all... The, we fans mostly group them all under the like subtitle classics basically anything that is a remake of a G1 character we basically call classics and you know that even includes like i guess masterpiece toys and stuff like that so th- th- i guess that's what we're about to discuss so you know uh anything any any of these toys that follow that same formula so uh i started with Brian last time so i guess i'll start with you Justin uh you can, if you want to tell us, like, what your first thoughts on, like, classics were, and then maybe what your favorite one was, and, you know, if you have any, like, hopes for something they haven't made yet, or what have you, you know. Um, I was pretty excited when I heard about these, uh, and the classics line came out, mostly because they were making a new Grimlock. And I think before this classics Grimlock, the last one we had was uh, the Energon set with Swoop, I think. Oh yeah, Which yeah. That was I. I didn't like that version of Grimlock. I'm really picky, so I didn't get it. Um, but I was pretty excited, and like overall, like you know, being a big fan of Grimlock, um, I think that's a really good figure of him. The only thing I don't like is that his dino head becomes his feet. I don't know why, but for some reason that bothers me. So I keep him in uh, dino mode all the time, kind of like season three. Um, <laughs> but I sold off a lot of my Transformers uh, a few months ago. Most of the ones I kept were from this first wave of classics. Um, I kept Grimlock, of course. I also kept Rodimus because, like Derek, I'm a big Rodimus fan. Um, I kept Prime, uh, Jetfire, Megatron, and Starscream. Um, also, I think that's a really good Starscream too. Like it's one of my favorites. You know, kind of like you said, it's you know when you get a Starscream homage, like in Energon. Like, I bought that one, the G1 uh, variation of that one. I'm like, man, this is probably as good as I'm going to get to, like, uh, G1 Starscream. And I had that one. And then when I saw, you know, classic Starscream, I'm like, wow, this is great. Like, this is the toy I've wanted since a kid because I didn't have G1 Starscream as a kid. So, like, I kept that one. I like Starscream a lot. Um, I kept Megatron, but I think at least out of that first wave, like, he's the one I think is – kind of disappointing mostly because of his big flaps on his back like i keep 
every, every time I take that figure off the shelf and look at it, like I think it's a, a good figure except for that. And I keep wanting to remove those, but I'm afraid that I'll break something because I'm kind of clumsy sometimes. But uh, yeah, I think if they could like remove those, it would be an even better figure. As far as like generations and stuff beyond that, like I don't have any of those. Um, like I look at them all the time when I'm in Walmart, you know, like some of the ones I wanted to get, like Jazz, like I never could find. And then I was I was like set on getting Wheeljack. And then I remember seeing like you guys posting pictures on Bot Talk and he his legs he looked so short and stubby. Yeah. So I'm just like, Oh, like I like Wheeljack and he looked really great. But he just looked like a midget, like he looked more like he would be hanging out with Huffer and Pipes to me or something. So I'm just like, oh yeah, that's man, a, that's like a case of lying, uh, like photo art or uh, like uh, concept art or whatever or whatever. Like the the uh, the stock photo that, for that, like that Hasbro shows, like actually has like those little leg extenders that the tracks a version of that mold has, but Wheeljack doesn't have that. Like they removed him, so yeah, he's he's stuck with Danny DeVito proportions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that fit, that photo of him on the back of the card has that you know has extenders, and I'm like, well, maybe whoever posted this on Bot Talk like mistransformed him or something. And I remember asking when you guys and you were like, you guys were like, no, he's really short. I'm just like, oh man. But uh, like as far as like characters I would want to see, um, I guess this is kind of related. They're making a war within Shockwave, and I've got the energy on Shockwave, which I think is a really great homage. Um, so I'll probably pick up the war within Shockwave. Like other, you know, other than that, like characters they haven't done yet. Maybe some kind of like version of Six Shot. Like I'm not saying he has to be like a Six Changer or something, but you know, give him at least one mode, whether it's you know Gun Mode or Hovercraft or something. But like I would really like a really nice Six Shot. As as long as he has six of something, <laughs> yeah, six fingers, six modes, something. A <laughs> uh, question to you, Justin: Do, do like, like the third party stuff, like that, kind of match up with classics pretty well? Do those interest you at all? Like you know, because there's a third oh, yeah. party six shot coming out. Yeah, I saw that. The only thing that like keeps me away from those is that it's not it's not the fact that they're like third party. Like that doesn't bother me at all. It's just like some of them some of them seem really pricey. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the only reason. Like, if that six shot was like, I don't know, thirty, thirty-five dollars, like I'd be like, okay, I could, you know, somehow justify that to myself and get it. But if it's going to be over that, I'm going to be like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think a lot of friends are like that, actually. Yeah, yeah and I'm I'm kind of lying to myself. I'm like, you know, if that thing's like maybe under a hundred, I'll get it. But I don't think it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> How big is it supposed to be? I think they said it's like it's a little maybe a little shorter than the original toy, but I don't remember for okay. sure. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that being pricey. But uh call anything else, Justin, or mm. uh, uh nope, I think it's about it. Okay, how about Brian then? We'll we'll go I'm like I'm trying to weigh my options and I'm like, who should I go to next? <laughs> well, I could go to me, I suppose. No, uh, Brian, you go next. Okay, okay, Mike, I'll go. I'll start off by saying there's been two times in my adult toy collecting life where I've been pretty much almost like literally jump up and down excited about like toy line announcements. Um, the first one was when like I read in a Toy Fair magazine that uh, Toys R Us was reissuing actual G1 figures. Um, 
you know, obviously being a G1 fan, that excited me like a whole lot. Uh, the second time was when, you know, they, they started announcing classics and we started seeing pictures of some of these guys, you know, like Hot Rod stands out especially to me. So, you know, around the time that I expected them to be in stores, I remember, you know, basically visiting every store I could um, think of that might have them. And, you know, I just wasn't having any, any luck. And then finally I went into this Walmart in a town about maybe a half hour north of where I live, and they had the whole line. And I just, I was just, I don't know, <laughs> my my mind blanked. I was just sat <laughs> down and I'm like, ah, they're here. <laughs> so, like, I ended up grabbing two, like, of most of them, like doubles of almost all the, all the classics. Because it, it was almost as if they just set out the entire wave like all at once and I was like the first dude to get there. So I was pulling doubles of everything I could. And I remember being standing in line to check out and there was this like Mexican, Mexican older lady in front of me, like with a, a grocery cart full of like probably food for a family for a whole week, you know? And they rang her up and there was like a hundred bucks or something. But she kept looking back at me and like looking at my cart and my cart was only only had Transformers in it. <laughs> and like they rang me up and it was like a hundred and twenty bucks. So I'd like I'd outspent this lady that was buying, you know, sustenance for her family and I outspent her by just buying toys. So I don't know. It was kind of a cool moment. But um yeah, I mean classics are great. They're, you know, basically posable reimaginings of the characters that we loved as kids. Um, you know, all the limitations that you know, toy design and materials they had back in the 80s, you know, a lot of that's been taken care of. So you get eight awesome representations of these characters that you love, and they're posable. You know, both mode, modes typically look great. Um, the guys that stand out to me would be like Hot Rod, especially once you got the Reaper, Reaper label stickers for him, like that make him look even closer to his G1 incarnation. Like he's an awesome figure, both car mode and robot mode. And then also... I can't remember if it's Reveal the Shield or Generations, or maybe it was still Classics even, but Cyclonus with the Target Master. Like, when he came out, I was really excited. One, because Cyclonus himself was an awesome toy mold. But two, I was hoping that, you know, they'd start doing guys with a lot more Target Masters. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. But Brian, Brian, he only has one fist hole. <laughs> I was able to look beyond that. So Somehow that didn't destroy the whole toy for me. What? <laughs> Unheard of. You you go too far. Unheard of. Um, as far as guys as I'd like to see like brought out, um, I wouldn't mind seeing the rest of the Dinobots. To be honest, Grimlock. Is, I don't think I like him as much as Justin did, but he's he's passable. But I think a new Swoop and you know would be really cool because Swoop's G one toy is kind of uh, iffy. Yeah. But um. I don't know, all the Dinobots need updated, basically. And yeah, I, think I think they, they should, should finish, finish off, like, the main Season 1 characters, like, like Trailbreaker, Hoist. They should get, you know, at least deluxe-sized molds instead of those little Legends figures. Yeah, I getcha. Um, before I, I say anything about my history or my favorites, I'm going to have to be Secret Brothers with Brian and displeased uh, Justin in saying that Classics Grimlock was a big disappointment to me, just just because he's he's too small and he has terrible weapons. Like like I don't know. There's there's no point where I thought that like I would think that Grimlock is shorter than Optimus Prime, and and like not only not only that he's shorter than a lot of the other deluxes. 
And, like, on top of that, like, his weapons are, I thought, were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and just, that, yeah, we're ass, yeah. He's just got that missile launcher, and then he's got his tail, which is supposed to be, I guess, a whip of some kind, but it's, like, too, like, thick, and it just doesn't look right. I don't know. But one of my wishes for upcoming is a larger, like, a Voyager or ultra-sized Grimlock. Yeah, uh, like, the thing about Grimlock, too, is... There's not a whole lot of toys where either, you know, based on their cartoon appearances or the toys themselves, like, I remembered what weapon, you know, such and such had. But with Grimlock, he's sort of iconic in that, you know, you expect that he should probably have a sword, and he should have, like, that double-barreled blaster thing, you know? And that yeah. sticks out in my memory as, like, one of the few weapons, if I see it, I'm like, that goes to Grimlock. I don't have to look it up or anything. So, to get, like, what we got was a little bit disappointing. Well, fortunately, there's also, like, Masterpiece Grimlock, which is pretty awesome. So, you know, that kind of suits, you know, the uh, th- that kind of disappointment. But I'm I'm kind of a stickler for, like, having characters and, like, as, as close, close a scale to each other as they can possibly be. So it's like I kind of want, like, Masterpiece Grimlock's just a little too big to hang with the classics. And, like, I feel like... Classic Scrimlock is a little too small, so it's like if they come could out. come out with a with the uh, with a Grimlock that was maybe the size of like animated Grimlock, then like that that would be perfect for me, basically. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Justin. <laughs> it's okay. It's like you know I'm a big fan, so I kind of I guess like you know as Brian looked past the one fist hole, I looked past some of these faults, but I, I totally see what you're saying. Like I would even like a better one than that classic version, but. No. I gotcha. I guess I had a similar reaction, reaction to Brian when I first like saw like this what, what they was coming out, and I was like, I was kind of like, no, they're not gonna. They couldn't possibly like that's that's crazy. crazy. Like they they wouldn't do something the fans would like completely like unanimously get behind, would they? You know, could they? Could it? Could it be? And then like you know those first pictures of like Starscream and Optimus and Hot Rod and you know Megatron came out and we were like, oh my God, this is happening! You know, oh this is crazy. And you know, I think the first I was looking for them for a long time, and then like I was like getting frustrated, and then like one time there was a single Optimus left on the shelf, and I was like, yes! And I grabbed it, and I like ran up to the counter, and I was like, I finally got one! You know. And, and like, then, like, a, a couple weeks after that, they all started showing up everywhere. So, eventually, like, I ended up with that whole first wave, and I was, like, so happy. And mm-hmm. uh, I was in, you know, and subsequent, subsequent waves, you know, I hunted down, and I was really, you know, into them. And, uh, you know, it, it was basically, yeah, like, one of those moments, Brian, like you said, where as a fan, you were, like, just like, yes, this is, a, this is like, as good as it can possibly get, you know? Yeah. But. Like, um, they're very... I've collected toys for a long time, and I've collected, you know, a few different lines, but they're... I, I, don't, I don't even say... I, I don't even want to say that there's been very few times this has happened. I think it's only happened once that I've actually bought a toy as an adult and felt like the way I did when I was finding toys I wanted as a kid, and that was with classics. Like, it totally was, you know, a nostalgia trip for me, and is like finding Optimus Prime and all those other guys sitting on the shelf was as exciting for me as it was when I was a kid, so... Definitely. Um, I'd have to say, like, 
If I was going to say a favorite one, um, I really like the Sideswipe and Sunstreaker mold. Like, I thought it was really cool how they, like, well, it's the same mold. Like, they found a way to make it transform, like, two different ways. So, what do you call it? It could be Sideswipe and Sunstreaker. And I I think they look awesome, like, posed together and stuff. So, I'm kind of fond of that mold. And, you know, like, you you guys know I'm a big Prowl fan. And I like the Classics Prowl. And that mold's okay. But, I don't know, there's a little, like, a couple flaws to it that I'm kind of, like, iffy about. Like, the way his, like, head, like, kind of sits above his neck, like, weirdly. I don't know. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like his his head is, his neck is a bit too tall for his body or something. I, I don't know. You'd have to see the toy, but you know what I'm talking about, though, right? Mm-hmm. But, um... I guess, like, obviously I'd have to like Thunderwing, and, you know, like, even though the toy's not the absolute best, it's kind of like the sheer value of, you know, like, I never thought I'd ever get, like, a new Thunderwing toy, like, you know, this is, like, when I first heard that and saw that, I was like, oh my god, you know... Holy crap! Like, what? Where? What has Hasbro like been reading? Like, you know, my message board threads or something. Like, like, even characters like Strax, Straxis, or you know, Darkmount, whatever they had to call him. But I was like, holy crap! Like, like, it's fine. It's not. It's great not, to not like. Like, I was gonna say have a new one of him, but have a one of him. You know, yeah. like, like that they actually made these characters that like you'd almost you'd feel like a very small minority of people would even know who they are <laughs> right so. it's, it's definitely fan service to get like that i don't know to transform fans they're not obscure but i mean to people in general yeah no one's ever heard of thunderwing so to get like that obscure of a character in like a mainstream toy line you know it's not in like the transformers club toy line it's not a bot con exclusive it was at walmart you know that's a pretty big deal so. yeah kudos yeah, to hasbro that- for actually catering to the fans a little bit. I definitely felt that way, yep. Um, I'd have to say, like, aside, aside from Grimlock, a couple disappointments. Um, the the two times they attempted to do, like, a Beast Wars-like remake, like Cheetor and Dinobot, I didn't think either of those turned out that well. Like, I thought those were pretty, like, sad toys, pretty yeah. much. Like, it seemed like they well, Dinobot especially, it, seemed, it like, seemed like he had all the elements to be an, to be an awesome like update of like Beast Wars Dinobot but like they fumbled it somehow like i don't know like they like they just couldn't make it work just right my other disappointment is Springer they've tried counting there's an upcoming a new one it might only be released in Japan i guess it's like a remold of one of the movie helicopters as mm-hmm. Springer with like a new head and counting that there's been three attempts in this classics like line of toys like to do Springer there's been that Botcon toy there's been like uh the 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 Redeco uh, of the Evac uh helicopter and then, and then there's this been this new one. one that's coming out and I felt like they still haven't gotten Springer right and it's taken three tries and I'm like I look at like Astro Train from, like, from like the, the the first wave and I'm like and I'm like look you did a good like triple changer why can't you do it again you know yeah the cool thing about Astro Train was um like, like transforming the classics toy is a lot like a lot very similar to like transforming the G1, G1 toy like, like, they did yeah, a good if, job if, of, you know, remaking it. Yeah, if you put the G1 Astro Train toy next to, the, like, the Classics one, you could you easily can tell, oh, this is an update of this, you know, toy. You know, it's it's really, like, what do you call it? it it's true to the spirit, I yeah. guess, of the toy, yeah. yeah. I think 
like Springer, you almost have to make a new mold to make Springer. You can't just take a helicopter yeah. and repaint them. And as part of my like want list, I should mention that also like something like Blitzwing would be awesome too. Definitely, yeah. I was I was gonna say like uh what what's the third party thing a Warbot Defender that's like that's like, like as good as a Springer toy I think you can get at the moment pretty much yeah that's what I actually ended up doing was buying him and then throwing him in my classics case like actually I have a a, a case that's all like movie toys but it's all the classics versions of those toys and that third party Springer's in there with the others so definitely, definitely belongs there yeah. Like also, I have the city commander armor for Ultra Magnus. That's also a very nice uh, unofficial third party thing that Fanholes does not endorse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, but yeah, the, it's also a very cool toy, though. Yep. You didn't. You didn't hear it from us, but you should get it totally. Are Are you, either of you guys kind of like tired of the Ultra Magnus just being a white repaint of Optimus Prime? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, actually, the only reason I ended up getting that Ultra Magnus was because of the Skywarp pack-in. So the white Ultra Magnus definitely wasn't tripping my trigger. And if it wasn't for the, uh, you know, armor set that eventually came out, I would have probably sold it and just not even kept it. That's exactly the same situation with me. It's like, oh, it's Skywarp, and, you know. And that that set, it was cool because when that set was at Target, at least for me, when I bought it, it was only 20 bucks. Yeah, it was 20 bucks when I got it, too. Yeah, so you got like a Voyager and a Deluxe for only twenty bucks, which was a pretty good deal back then. Mm -hmm. I I would just like a you know G one accurate Ultra Magnus that isn't you know a third party or an add on. Like I never had it when I was a kid, but what I did have, I had an Ultra Magnus voice changer. Did you guys ever have that? Yes, I had it, and it had like the straw in the back. Yeah. Yes, I totally had that. So that's what I pretended was my Ultra Magnus when I was a kid. (laughs) That's awesome. I, I I've seen that before. Yeah, it's like a was it was it like super deformed or he was kind of short, stubby. Yeah, I was like gonna a, say I remember him being kind of tall, red box. Yeah, with blue arms you could move. I don't think his head moved. And then he had like a straw thing that came out of his back, and you talked into it, and it sounded funny. But yeah, he was pretty. <laughs> I didn't transform or anything. It's just kind of like a red standing block. But oh well. I, I mean, I mean if you don't have Ultra Magnus, that is your Ultra Magnus, I suppose. I kind of I kind of blame uh, Patley and Dreamwave for the white Ultra Magnus craze because yes. they did that comic. Yeah, and then like, as soon as everyone saw that, it's like it's like Hasbro and Takara went like totally nuts over that. It's like, <gasps> you know, it's like we've been releasing all these Optimus Prime toys, and all this time we could have done a white repaint of them. Oh my god, you know, <laughs> we better do this from now on. It's kind of like when they first they first started doing, you know, like Scourge or Nemesis Prime. You know, he's yeah. just like a black prime repaint. Like, the first time you see that, you're like, wow, that's pretty cool. But then, you know, after they've done it, like, a dozen times, you're like, okay, I've seen this trick before. Can you? What else you got in your bag of tricks? Like, give me something new. Yeah, please stop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. But anyway. But anyway um, um, I, I guess that's about, about it. it. Uh, I, we, I, I suppose we, well, we, all, obvi- we obviously all hope that this line, or the... Sig- the legacy of this line continues. Supposedly, we're supposed to be getting... Uh, what's the number? I think they gave us, like, 40 no, like new ones of this, this these figures, like, next year at some point. Yeah, we can uh, hope. 
Yeah, I don't know how true that is, but you know, we we've seen we've seen they're going to release like, you know, fall of Cybertron figures like under the line, I guess, but you know, those those are okay, but they're not really what we want. So, you know, I mean, the Shockwave and the Jazz look awesome, but yeah. you know, it's kind of like the shot I like I see the Shockwave and I'm like, "Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to buy it." And then I'm kind of like Oh, but this probably means you're not going to be making like a real like G1 Shockwave update, are you? Are you Hasbro? And there Hasbro's like kind of like looking at their feet, like no. <laughs> as far as like Fall Cybertron Jazz, um, I don't really look at that as like an awesome Jazz figure because Classics or is Generations, I think, is released on there. But quote unquote Classics Jazz is an amazing toy. But the yeah. reason I'm excited for the Fall of Cybertron Jazz is I see that as a cool looking car that they could turn into, you know, Dead End or someone. You know, just repaint it and make it an awesome car that hasn't been released yet. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, definitely. Shockwave's remold is going to be Fireflight. And I, I'm, I was kind of like, well, that's, that's, that's like an odd choice for, like, you know, <laughs> like a flying, like, space cannon thing, but whatever. Yeah. Definitely weird. Uh, those, those 40 new toys were promised. The thing is, like, 10 of them will be, will be like... Rebates. <laughs> they'll they'll all be Bumblebee. Or like a reuse of that Skullgrin mode. <laughs> yep. Some somewhere in your city there are there are unloved Skullgrins. <laughs> let, let me let me assure you of this. Yeah. Please don't let them be dumped in the dump with all those ET games. Come on, kids! It's Skullgrin. Don't you remember Skullgrin that today? <laughs> don't you remember that com that Marvel, that Marvel comic where he was like a movie star or something? Come on, that was awesome. No? Anyone? No? Okay. Well, send all your love, your Skullgrin love letters to the Skullgrin fan club, care of fan holes. I guess I should mention, like, another branch of, like, Generations or Classics could be considered to be, like, the Masterpiece line, because those are, like, updates of, like, G1 characters and stuff. And uh, do you guys have, like, a, a favorite or any any thoughts at all, like, on the Masterpiece line, Brian? Actually, um, I, I have, like, uh, Masterpiece Optimus, and I thought that was awesome when it came out. Um, I ended up getting Grimlock, and he, too, I, I also really like. But other than that, like, I never bought Megatron. I bought Starscream and Skywarp, but... Uh, I don't think I ever took Starscream out of the package, and I know for sure I've never transformed them. And then when it came to Skywarp, I only bought them because I found them for 20 bucks on clearance at Walmart. So it's kind of like, well, I can't pass them up for that price. But at that, that point, point, I was kind of getting get... out of Masterpiece, I think. You know, no, they just weren't really interesting, that interesting to me. But then, um, like these these new two or three that they've shown, like here recently, like Soundwave and Sideswipe, it's kind of reignited my, like, interest in them, especially Sideswipe. Um, like, I don't know which came first, but as a kid, yeah, I really loved the, like, Autobot cars, especially the Countaches, because I love Lamborghini Countaches. So, like, you know, getting a masterpiece that's Sideswipe, you know, one of the first, you know, Countaches I had as a toy, and it's also, you know, officially licensed by Lamborghini. Like, that's really cool to me. And I know, I think some people are disappointed. It seems to be like a little bit smaller scale now, but that just makes it cheaper to me. I mean, I think he's going for like 80 bucks for a pre-order. So that's something like, you know, where Grimlock was, I think, 160 when I bought him. You know, I can easily drop 80 bucks to get Sideswipe. Yeah, that, it looks really cool, yeah. And I actually, like, 
the closer these guys are to like in scale with classics, the better. It, it seems like that's my philosophy. Like I'm 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 very tempted to get that smaller masterpiece Optimus Prime just because it looks like it might be closer in like scale to classics. Yeah. Because it's like I don't know. This is like I said before. I'm kind of like a stickler for that. Like I'm like. The, I want the characters to be as close in scale to each other as they possibly could be, like in in robot mode. Like I guess it it would never work with car modes, right. or jet, you know, because you have Astro Train, a space shuttle, who is the same size as Bumblebee, like a car, you right? Know? But but you know, like I really appreciated like how Bumblebee from the first wave was like a head shorter than everyone, and you know. Everyone seemed to. That's why I was like Grimlock. You're like barely taller than Bumblebee, and like Prime towers over you. Like that doesn't make sense to me, you know. Blah, you know. But but as for masterpieces, like um, I have Starscream and I have Grimlock, and that's about it. But I like both of them a lot. Like Grimlock's great. Like I like he's he's like. He's a masterpiece, and he's super detailed and, like, articulate and all that, but he's really simple to transform. Like, it's almost like just it, like the G1 toy blown up. Yeah. I mean, that's how similar they are. Exactly. Like, I really like how, like, the the tail, like, folds up into the legs. Like, it's kind of, like, I don't know, like, elegant almost. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's just cool how they engineered that. But, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, of course, I love the fact that, like, the U.S. version comes with the little, the little crown, crown, like, from the Marvel comics. comics. Like, I'm like, like, I'm like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Did, like, the, did the U.S. version come with the, like, butler? Or... No, no, no okay. it did not. I was, like, so mad about that when I saw that in Japan. I was like, you come with the stupid butler apron, but not the crown? Like, what the <laughs> hell, man? And then when, when, when they showed that the U.S. version was going to come with a crown, I was like, yeah, that's right, you know. We like King Grimlock over here in America. We don't like <laughs> stupid, you know, apron-wearing drink servant Grimlock. Grim- yeah. Me Grimlock, yeah. no bozo, me king. <laughs> So yeah, that was that was a big deal with me. I really like Starscream too. Like uh I thought they did a good job of like I like how his face changes so you like you can give him his smirk and like he has like the straight face and the smirk and like the the he has like articulated fingers too so he can do all sorts of like I'm pointing at you or I'm giving a thumb Yeah, yeah. Actually, I don't think he can flip you off because, like, his his last three fingers are all joined. Oh, okay. But like, yeah, his his index and his thumb are articulated, so he can kind of still do like, uh, he can do like you know, uh, put his finger to his mouth and kind of be like mischievous, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like I, I'm about to troll Megatron, <laughs> you know. But I don't know. I, I think that was awesome. But and um, I really. The ones that are coming out, like, Soundwave looks really cool, but I'm kind of like, like, when I see Sideswipe, I'm like, well, that looks awesome, but I already have a classic Sideswipe, so I'm kind of like, eh, eh, that doesn't, like, you know, that doesn't do anything for me. Like, I'm glad it's coming out, like, and I'm glad, like, like you can enjoy it, like, that really touches, like, some kind of uh, nostalgic point for you, but I'm just kind of like, well, I already have a good version of this character, so mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, eh. But on the flip I, like, side, like, sound, sound wave, I'm like, oh, I don't have any really good version of Soundwave. Like, maybe I'll get him. And, you know, if he if he comes with, like, Buzzsaw and, like, Rumble and Frenzy and Ravage, then I'm like, oh, well, that's awesome. Then. Definite. Um, did you see the last picture I posted in that thread? No. What? There's what? a... There, um, you should go look at it. Um, but anyways, there's a size comparison picture, basically. It has Starscream, Sideswipe, Soundwave, and Optimus. 
But on the far left, it looks like they have either Rumble or Frenzy standing there, which I, I don't know if it's been announced, whether they've even made it. Um, so this might be the first picture of it actually showing that, yes, there is a Rumble. So I was pretty excited when I found that picture. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I really, like, from what I could see of Laserbeak or Buzzsaw or whatever, I really liked how they managed to, like, integrate, like, those engines on his back into his cassette form or whatever. Like, so he's all, like, one piece. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so... So sound wave, like, a must-buy for you, Mike? Are you pretty sure... Uh, you're yeah, he's, he, he is approaching that, yes. Cool. So... I don't have any of the masterpieces, like... You would think I would because three of my favorite characters, Grimlock, Rodimus, and Starscream, have a mold. But the one time I found Starscream, I didn't have enough money, so I hid him behind some Barbie figures. And went back later in the week, and somebody had got him. And like you know, Grimlock and Rodimus, like at the time, I just couldn't justify the price. And it seems like when I do have the cash, they are you know way way more expensive wherever. Your your first mistake, Justin, was hiding um, Starscream behind Barbies and not behind a pile of bumblebees, because absolutely <laughs> no one would have touched them if you'd hidden them. That's you know, three figures deep in bumblebees. Hey hey, when you when you put Starscream behind all those Barbies, was was Starscream like it's time for a sexy party? Uh no, when uh when uh I think I also found uh, Skywarp. Yeah. Yeah, I found him on clearance for twenty dollars. So I'm just like, eh, nah. I like I ended up just not getting him. I was kind of disappointed that he wasn't Starscream. I'm like, start. Oh no. <laughs> oh, Skywarp. Everyone, everyone like, like likes your colors, but not you. It's Nemesis Starscream. <laughs> yeah. The new character. Look, two more Transformers to add to our collection. Okay, so I guess we'll uh, move on to uh, the. Uh, Lynchpin of the Fan Holes podcast, which is our awesome thing for the week. I guess I'll go first, since I, I haven't gone first yet. Um, I'd just, I like just like to say uh, I've been playing uh, the Halo Anniversary Edition for the last week, which is just a basically graphics upgrade of the first Halo game, and uh, I, I enjoy it, and it, it's kind of a nostalgic trip for me, because I'm like, wow, Halo 1 is like 10 years old, and I'm like, I remember first playing Halo 1, and I was like, wow, this is like awesome, you know, this is like a, like, it was like the launch Xbox game, and like my, 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 uh, friend like called me he was like you gotta come and play this halo game it's awesome and i was like well how awesome could it be you know i was kind of all bitter and all that and i'm like it's not like you know dreamcast awesome and then i went over there and i was like oh it is awesome oh this is great you weren't lying but yeah yeah i'm I'm having fun it's a it's a nice nostalgic trip uh, and it makes me kind of feel old because it feels like I'm um, like it's ten years old now. So I'm like, oh, Halo's, Halo's like not new anymore. Yeah, so that's my thing. That's cool. Like I have a lot of like nostalgic memories for the first two games. Like I, I remember like being out of high school and going to my buddy's house and playing the first game. And then like after the second game came out, like me and that same buddy, we ended up working on the construction job together. So whenever like it was too rainy or wet to work. We would just, like, go get breakfast and then go to his house and play Halo 2 all day. Yeah. Me and, yeah, me and a couple friends, friends uh, in, in college, between classes, we used to, used to like, go get, go get like, uh, uh, hot dogs and, and uh, go, to, go to his house for lunch and play Halo, like, for a couple hours and go back to class. So, yeah, that was... Uh, 
a nice uh, nostalgic trip to play this game again. But uh, Justin, I guess then, what's your cool thing this, for this week? Well, I have a book this week. Um, it is called The First World War by John Keegan, and it, it is what it sounds like it is. It's a book about the First World War. Um, you know, I'm a big history buff, but the First World War is not something I know a whole lot about. You know, I could tell you a whole lot about World War II, but I kind of like, I guess I neglected World War One. so I'm trying to correct that. And this book is pretty dense with its facts. Like some chapters, I'm just like, well, this is very informative, but it's kind of dry. So some chapters I'm just kind of like trying to plow through, but then other chapters where they're, they're giving like, you know, uh, you know, like an excerpt from a uh, soldier's journal or something or some kind of like, you know, previously unknown like, you know, quote from a general where like he's like admitted to like screwing up or something like that stuff's really interesting. So, you know, if nothing, it's been very educational. So you know, I would like recommend this to you if you had any kind of interest in, you know, World War One or whatever, but uh, it's been, like I said, it's been very interesting. Like, I've always been curious about how World War One started because of all these different treaties and stuff, and, you know, at, at the end of the book, this, you know, there's some author's notes, and he basically admits that, you know, every historian who tries to, like, delve into that, like, trying to figure out all the different causes and stuff, like, it just ends up becoming a, too big of a headache. Like the, he, he pretty much says, it's like you could like, write three volumes of books on like all the different causes and failures and things that led to World War One. So I think that's really interesting. Uh, uh, Justin, can I ask a question? Yes. There, is there aliens in it? There are no aliens. Pass. <laughs> but at least you know when Franz Ferdinand was assassinated, it gave us the birth of the band Franz Ferdinand. <laughs> And their cover, of course, and their cover of that Michael Jackson song or whatever. Okay, Brian, uh, what about you? Uh, mine will be pretty short and sweet. Um, this, this week, week I, I got, got a new tennis racket. Um, um, I, don't I don't know if anyone, anyone knows, knows this, this but I do, I do enjoy playing tennis a lot. And this year, especially not having to, not having a job basically, and only having school. Like I've been playing with a guy from school, like pretty often, usually two or three times a week. We'll go and we'll have like a full tennis match, which will take like two to three hours. So um, I don't think it's actually physically possible for me to play more tennis because I don't think my body would withstand it. So basically this summer I've been playing, well, spring and summer, I've been playing tennis as much as I could. So I decided it's time to get a new racket. I hadn't gotten one since I played like tennis in high school or college. And so, um, yeah, I just went out to Sports Authority. They had like a $300 racket on sale for 120 bucks and the thing that attracted me to it was his neon green, so I'm like, oh, that's cool, and I ended up <laughs> buying it. And so, yeah, I've really enjoyed using it. Yeah, you, you, they're they're going to have to come out with, like, a G.I. Joe, like, tennis viper or something. <laughs> exactly. Or something. Neon send, in, <laughs> send in the tennis viper! <laughs> It's like it's like all the like the techno vipers are like it's a tennis court, Cobra Commander. We can't pursue, you know. And they're like, <laughs> send in the the tennis vipers. The Joes have retreated to the country club. What do we do? <laughs> when I was a little kid, I always thought tennis was like ping pong for adults. <laughs> I love ping pong too. They're not that different. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I, well, guess, I guess that that ripes ripes it up. <laughs> what was I gonna say? <laughs> it ripens it up. You can now eat this. Yum. I guess so. Yeah. I was going to say this. This wraps it up. Our, our this show that we put together pretty much at the last minute. And uh, 
<laughs> oh, was I not supposed to say that? Oh, okay. Okay, well, uh, yeah, so, um, so um, I, know that, I know that, like, Tony and Derek would usually say something like, you know, uh, follow our Twitter or uh, like, a, like us on Facebook, but I'm going to strongly encourage that you don't do that. <laughs> Just to be because contrary. You, yeah, exactly. You, cause, uh, you know where to find us if you want us. Exactly. Quite frankly, we don't care. No. <laughs> we don't <laughs> no. give a damn. <laughs> frankly, we don't give a damn, no. <laughs> but uh, please do so. We need your help. <laughs> Did that sound sincere? Yes. No. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm oh. mocking your emails when they come, so please send them. Exactly. Exactly. And your stupid ideas. Exactly. Yep. No idea is too stupid for us to mock. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Well, and uh, this is Mike signing off. Hey, this is Ryan Breakdown. It's been fun. And this is Justin Grimpock. And we'll see you next time on the Fanholes Podcast. Peace! I know the water. I can edit Rob that. <laughs> it'll it'll sound seamless. Seamless, I tell you. <laughs> Those ignorant fools listening will never know. <laughs> you should use that at some point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, at the end. Those those bleating sheep that we cater to will never know of our genius.